0: Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through. Keeping their delicate skin healthy and happy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick and goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable. When my oldest was little, she would get the worst diaper rash. It left me feeling so desperate to help her while also wanting something gentle on her skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash, she let nothing get in her way. You can use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel confident that you are making the right choice. Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra-premium formula for moms that won't settle when it comes to their little ones. Soothe and restore with active ingredients being dimethicone and petrolatum. You can find more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com or find it on Amazon or walmart.com. Hello, hello, you guys. You're listening to the V back link, and I am with my friend today, Crystal. Crystal Nightingale is with the mama coach. The mama coach, right? That's I'm saying that correctly. And she's amazing. I feel like we kinda of, we kind of like connected on social media, and I just like madly fell in love with her. And I feel like I could talk to her for hours on postpartum and just the journey of of what things look like after we have our babies. And it's a topic that we don't talk about enough in today's world. And honestly, it's a topic that isn't focused. So it's not only not talked about, but it's not focused on, in my opinion, enough. We have babies and then we, you know, are told to come back six weeks later, but a whole load of things happen in that six week period, truly there are things from recovering from birth. And sometimes we have different types of birth. Maybe we had an easy birth and that's super great, but sometimes we have a C-section or a vaginal or assisted vaginal. We have extra tearing or, you know, or maybe we're having a really hard um, lactation journey and feeding our babies or emotionally. There's so much that comes packed into postpartum and we just don't put enough focus on it, in my opinion, in the medical world. So Today's episode is with Crystal and she's going to be talking more about postpartum. What does it look like? What to expect? All of the things. I mean, we're diving deep into it. We're going to be talking about baby blues and postpartum and mood disorders and hormonal dips and lactation and when it's okay to not be okay and when it's okay to ask for help and just all of the things. So stick with us today It's going to be a really, really great episode learning more about what to expect in that postpartum experience. We have a review of the week as usual. And just a reminder, if you guys have not had a chance to leave a review we would love for you to do so you can do that on apple podcast you can do that i don't don't know if you can do it on spotify but we are on spotify you can do it on google you can just google the feedback link and find us and leave a review there wherever you leave a review we would just love it and you never know it might be right next on the podcast today's review is actually from google and it's from elizabeth garcia And she says, as a birth doula and mom, I am always referring clients for information to the VBAC link for incredible stories to lift my VBAC clients up and make them know that there are others who have successfully VBACs and for advice, information, and statistics. I always turn to the VBAC link. Thank you, Elizabeth or Beth, if you go by Beth. Um, for your sweet review. Again, as always, we love your review and appreciate them on any platform that you want to leave them on.
1: You are tuned into the VBAC link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan.
2: Okay, cute. Crystal, hi, welcome to the show hi megan thanks for having me i'm I'm excited to be here
0: oh my gosh i'm so excited for you to be here like i was saying in the intro you know we just i mean you would probably know more than i like we don't talk about this and there are so many things you know that like i didn't even know about things in postpartum and and how our hormones shift and what to look for and i've had three kids like truly i have not even been informed and i've had three kids So I'm really excited to dive into this with you today.
2: Yes. Awesome. I know. It's just like you said, we have all this attention during the pregnancy and we have all these appointments and all this kind of stuff and, you know, all this information and resources. But then Mm -hmm. you have your baby. It's like, okay, bye. You know, take care of yourself and your baby. Make sure you sleep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Make sure you sleep. You're like, wait, (laughs) how do I do that again when I have a baby waking up every two to four hours? I know. And then, yeah, and then most women don't have their postpartum, their first postpartum appointment until six weeks. And it's like, oh, my gosh, where is the support, you know, for those first few weeks up to six weeks or, or even beyond? Because postpartum mm-hmm. doesn't last only six weeks. It doesn't. Um, You know, I've I've read somewhere. I can't I can't state the source because I don't remember. But, you know, it could last up to a year after giving birth. The way I look at it, it's like, okay, you have been pregnant for, you know, about nine, 10 months or so. And mm-hmm. all that time, your hormones were increasing and your body was mm-hmm. changing. In my opinion, it'll take at least that long to fully recover as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, um, it's kind of interesting that you say that because with my first, my oldest daughter, who's going to be, or just turned 12, I'm thinking what when this episode's coming out, she'll <laughs> she'll be 12 in a week. Um, Oh my gosh! um, I know it's so crazy to me, but I was eleven months postpartum with her, and I had gone back to work when she was like three months old, and I had been working, and things were pretty good. Um, And then I kind of had some struggle with my lactation, with my supply, and was doing things to like try and get it back, and just kind of felt a shift in my whole self. And right. I went in at 11 months post stop because my my husband was like, I think you should talk to somebody, you know? And I didn't really no. know anyone to talk to. So I I just went to my OB and my OB said, you have postpartum depression. And I said, no, I don't. And, he, and I right. said, I'm not even that, like, I'm really far postpartum now. Like, cause in my head, like almost a year, right? Like that's really far out. And he said, "Right, no, you have postpartum depression. This is postpartum depression. And I... Like literally oh looked gosh. at him and just like my jaw opened. And I said, I think you're crazy. And he said, <laughs> no, this is most part of depression. And we talked about it and I was like, what? So I like left and I called my husband and I said, "Hun, like even though I'm almost a year, he said, I can still have this. Like I, I have this. These are things that we talked about on, you know, how to work through it anyway. Right. And I just could not in my mind, believe him. Like I really could not believe him that I had postpartum depression i think one i didn't want to i didn't want to admit it Right. Uh, we have a negative uh stigma around the stigma. Word. Yeah. depression yeah. in general like just depression it's like right. no, no i'm not depressed no no don't say that don't put that diagnosis on me you know but truly right. really, like you know so i was scared of that and i didn't want to not um, admit that but then i was like no i am not you know a few months after birth like i am almost right. a year and so it's interesting you just said that because I was actually told that at 11 months post- or postpartum.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you know, like I said, with all the hormones going, you know, running rampant, you know, the mm-hmm. first nine to 10 months or not the first nine to 10 months, but then during pregnancy. And then it's the same afterwards. And then mm-hmm. there's a hormonal shift, you know, right after delivery. Um, during breastfeeding, um, if you stop breastfeeding, there's a hormonal shift as well. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. and then going back to work, it's just all these emotions and a just yeah, an emotional roller coaster. <laughs>
0: it really is. and I think that's kind of what was happening is I was shifting a little bit within like my milk and then I was maybe deciding on, not staying working and then there was like lots of pressure of like where my daughter was, you know, there's so much going yeah, on. And stress, you know. So and I had those hormonal shifts, but I didn't realize that they were happening and I I didn't recognize them. So so yeah, let's just dive into that. Like postpartum. Yeah. Like things to expect as a postpartum mom, both physically and emotionally. Like what what are things that we could just automatically maybe expect to happen?
2: All the emotions. <laughs> All so, the emotions. There's a big drop of estrogen after, uh, you know, you deliver. And that increases prolactin hormones. That's, you know, helps with milk supply. And then, you know, there's just the, the initial recovery. So if you delivered vaginally, you may or may not have had any tears and there's different degrees of tears, and I know you um, you are more familiar with that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. and how to prevent it, right? With perineal massage and things like that. But you know, it's funny because some people think, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna I have gonna have a big baby," or whatever. They told me that my baby's gonna be big or small, mm-hmm. or but there's a miscon- misconception that if your baby's big, you're gonna tear, like you're just gonna tear. But Some women don't tear and they have like Uh 10 pound babies, but then Uh other women tear and they have like a six pound baby. So it can happen to anyone. (laughs) doesn't matter how big or small your baby is. Um, So that's the uh, immediate recovery is from any tears. And of course you want to do like SITS baths. There have like the Dermoplast spray to help with pain, things like that. And bleeding. If you had a C-section, you will still bleed. Maybe Mm -hmm. not as long as a vaginal delivery, but bleeding can, you know, last anywhere from um, a few weeks to up to eight weeks. So that's totally normal. Some women are like, oh, my gosh, why am I bleeding still? You know, totally normal for all of that. And then your
0: placenta, the wound of our placenta, you know, we have that on our uterus. And so we can bleed and we can bleed shorter sometimes or longer sometimes.
2: Right. Yeah. And you're and it is a wound which is why it's recommended to not have any, you know, sexual intercourse until at least six weeks. And then even when your doctor clears you, you know, quote unquote, you still may not be ready. You know, you, you're exhausted, you feel touched out. So it's totally okay. Be open with your partner on how you're feeling about in regards to that. But you definitely want to wait at least six weeks for um, sexual intercourse. And then of course have a plan for birth control because you're most likely more fertile right after <laughs> giving birth, and then speaking of birth control, um, if you're breastfeeding, there is a um, a family planning method called lactational amenorrhea method, and there are three criteria to this: you should be less than six post uh, six months postpartum, um, you should be exclusively breastfeeding, and not have started your period and with those three combined, you can usually use exclusive breastfeeding as a birth control, as a type of birth control. It's just crazy. It just you, you do have to be exclusively breastfeeding though. That's like the really big key thing. If you're giving bottles here and there, I believe that this is the CDC. I think it was is said that if you're exclusively breastfeeding and not going more than four hours in between feedings, um, it's a good um, family planning method. So I've never even heard of this. Yeah. I saw it
0: on the list. I'm like, what is that? (laughs) I had no idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's just because while you're breastfeeding your hormones, a particular hormone is, is lower than usual. Mm -hmm. It kind of suppresses the ovulation. And that's why a lot of women who are exclusively breastfeeding don't even have their periods yet until Mm -hmm. months down the line.
0: Yeah. We had a question on that, um, on one of the Thursdays, you know, our question, Thursday questions, like mm-hmm. when is it normal for people to have their period return? I'm like, it really just depends. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. It yeah. It could be, you know, a couple months after birth, or mm-hmm. like I said, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, it could take a little bit longer. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: in talking a little bit about hormones and on all of this, I have kind of been blown away to see recently that we have providers here in Utah anyway, this is happening, that like literally right after birth, they are saying, Hey, we can put your marina IUD in right now. And oh I'm like, my gosh. What? Like my mind was blown. I was like, hold on. Like they left and I was like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about placing a marina IUD the second you have your baby. Like I know what like no. I mean for me, I was passionate about it because my IUD was actually placed too early with my second, like my cervix hadn't completely quote unquote, like hardened, like it mm-hmm. hadn't recovered completely. And mm-hmm. so it was too soft. And so it ended up floating up and protruding through my uterus going towards my lung. And oh my gosh. Told, like, it's because you got it too early and I'm like okay so that was one thing but then hormonally I'm like why are we giving why are we giving birth control like hours and days after we have a baby <laughs> I so know that's, that thing so that's crazy happening to uh, have you ever yeah. seen that
2: I have I have um like, I will see yeah but literally right after they you know the placenta is yes! um you know <laughs> Well expelled. just push your IUD right now. Yeah, will just push your I. I'm like, oh my gosh, first of all, that's a big wound. And why are you putting something in there? It needs to recover. And two, like you said, the hormone stuff. I mean, yes, yes. morena or um progestin only birth control is the um the recommended birth control to use if you are breastfeeding. Right. But still, the, this is a very vulnerable time. And I say, you know, wait until if you can wait until at least you're, you know, you're established your milk supply. And then so that way you are you have an abundant, well-established supply because you may experience a dip in your milk supply with any type of birth control. You know, but it'll be easier to bounce back if your milk supply is well-established, you know, knowledgeable and know what to do and you're informed and you know, educated on it. But yes, I have seen that many, many times. And it just, I cringe when I see that. I'm like, oh my gosh. But, you know, what can you do? Because the OB offers it. And they're, you know, moms are like, oh yeah, let's just do it. We might as well, you know, but they don't, they're not given all the facts and are not um, informed on no. it. It's I so crazy. No,
0: I just couldn't, I like, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it when I saw that. And like, too, like, we want to know, like, who we are and where where we are, like, we're already dealing with so many hormonal shifts, emotionally, and like, getting a breastfeeding established and things like that. Like, why are we adding? I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't my thing. But I was just (laughs) shocked that to see that I was shocked to see that that was happening. And so like you said, so it can impact milk supply, which, by the way, listeners, crystal is also with the Lactation Network, our our sponsor, which is really fun and super exciting to find out. Yes, um, yes. So she's really skilled in lactation and things like that. And so kind of like, so is that something that can impact our milk before we even establish our milk? Does that make
2: sense? Like- yeah, it, you know, it can. Um, and I can't always, you know, there's always not, I can't say always, always. Right? right um mm-hmm. but yes i definitely see it impacted it could take a little bit longer for milk supply to be established you know if you got the morena or started birth control early on and like i said the the recommended hormonal birth control is something with progestin only or progesterone mm-hmm. only um, and no estrogen but I have seen some women's uh milk supply impact with just with the recommended one, so I always say if you you know of course birth control, yes, it's there, it's good, but if you do plan to breastfeed, at least know that you it may be impacted, and be educated on how you can i guess counter you know counteract that dip right frequent and effective removal of milk um staying hydrated staying. Having a good nutrition, eating lots of leafy greens and protein and iron is is you know gonna help with that. I
0: agree. And if we can't get it in through food and nutrients, it's okay to supplement and get vitamins yes. and things like that like you know, through what yeah. we highly suggest needed. but like really getting the nutrients that your body needs and understanding that you're going through a lot. And yes. you can't eat that, supplement right. with that, so your body can can still have those nutrients.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, we're recovering ourselves as well as trying to take care of a new baby and maybe even breastfeeding mm-hmm. that baby if you're planning to breastfeed. So for sure, you know, you lose some blood during delivery, whether it's vaginal or um, C-section, and you know maybe there's even a complication where you hemorrhage and so now you've lost a lot of blood and you need yeah. some iron, iron supplements yeah mm-hmm. so prenatal vitamin for sure you know especially if you're breastfeeding and then um like you said if you're not, unable to you know eat i mean most of us at least i can speak for myself don't get all the nutrients that i need through we food don't. <laughs> we don't it's so, so hard it is, it's very hard. And then speaking of that, some women either you're on one side of the spectrum, either famished because you're breastfeeding and you're just want to eat all the time or you have a lack of appetite. So try, I always recommend uh, moms, like if you have a loss in appetite, you know, maybe do a smoothie or like a protein mm-hmm. shake or something like that, or snack, little snacks throughout the day, like a protein bar or, you know, nuts and seeds and fruits, things like that. But also lack of appetite in the longer run is a sign of postpartum depression or a postpartum mood disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, baby blues versus postpartum depression is pretty similar. Uh, baby blues is basically a temporary short uh, feeling of, you know, That initial postpartum period, you're exhausted. You're stressed. You're anxious. Am I doing this right for my baby? Is my baby getting enough? I'm tired. Um, oh my gosh, we have a new routine going on. Mm -hmm. That's, um, some baby blues. You know, it's really short, maybe a week or two. And then, you know, you're able to move on. But if it lasts longer than that and, you know, includes other signs such as, you know, lack of appetite excessive worrying, lack of mm-hmm. sleep, which I mean, well, of course, new mothers are already, you know, sleep deprived. But if you are like just really so, unable, yeah, unable, like you're so worried that, you know, you can't sleep even when the baby is sleeping, then those are definitely signs of postpartum depression. And you for sure want to reach out to your to your OB at the least, or if you know, whatever, mm-hmm psychiatric resources, your insurance plan has, you want to reach out to them. Um, and of course, online, you know, we always there's a lot of stuff online, um, resources mm-hmm. for that. And like you said, it can, you know, show up at 11 months postpartum, mm-hmm. you know, so always be aware of that. And then for the partners, I guess, just make sure that they're kind of aware of those things, because they may see it first, before you realize it yourself so yeah you know just you know well, a lot of exactly
0: because that's what i was just gonna say like yeah like 11 months is when i really kind of willingly addressed it and recognized it even deeper myself but like looking back i think that it started way further like it just kept getting deeper right and so kind of going back to the like well, baby blues, like maybe I was like, oh, these are baby blues. Nursing was really hard for me. I didn't have the opportunity to have as skilled of a you know IBCLC. As we know, insurance doesn't cover that a lot. And we were young and didn't have like the best jobs in the world. And right. so, right, we so we didn't really have, we didn't have things like the lactation network to like work with our insurance and support. And so it was just kind of like trying to really figure it out, you know, and I had the IBCLC like in the hospital and things like that, but like on a deeper level. And so that was really hard for me. Then it was the stress of going back to work and the thought of how I was going to juggle it all. Then I was back to work. Then I was really struggling when my mother-in-law accidentally spilt over my hard work pumped milk for my baby for that day. And so it's like, if I look back at all the things, I actually had a lot of these signs but I didn't really chalk it up to anything other than I'm a new mom. And I think that's where we can go wrong is there's so many times where it's like, Oh, well, of course I, of course I'm tired. I have a baby that wakes up every couple hours. Of course I'm sore. It's because I just had a C-section. Of course I'm this, of course I'm stressed, you know, but like, like you said, like on a deeper level, if this is continuing, that's where we need to reach out.
2: Yeah. And there's a lot of resources out there. like I said, the first, thing it would be to reach out to you know your own provider whether it's your general practitioner or your ob someone and they can point you know they can point you in the right direction or um, give you some of the resources um for that yeah so yeah so speaking of that you know our own maternal struggles you know also the partners struggles I see a lot of time I talk to dads, a lot of the time they're like, Oh, my God, I feel so bad. She's trying so hard. And I'm trying to do what I can. And you know, Mm -hmm. it's stressful for the partners as well. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Seeing, you know, your your other half struggle because they just really want to breastfeed or they're, you know, struggling with postpartum depression. So, you know, some partners will ask me, how can I help, you know, and so I you know, give them tips like, okay, well, if if mom is breastfeeding or, you know, doing newborn care or anything like that, try to, you know, maybe make a meal for her or, you know, help with the other kids, or, you know, say, hey, why don't you go take a bath? You know, because moms, we just neglect ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I would say make sure she's at water. Snacks, you know, of course, water and food are like probably the biggest thing, especially immediately postpartum for recovery for ourselves and to nourish our body so we can nourish the baby. But yeah, we should acknowledge that. And m- like I said, well, I mean, obviously I d- I can't speak for all moms, but for me, you know, I didn't realize and acknowledge, you know, all the things that my partner was doing, you know, so the uh, partners can also experience I, some postpartum anxiety I, and postpartum depression too.
0: <laughs> they really can. And I was just going to say like, I didn't have the mental space to recognize yes. what my husband was and wasn't doing. and where he was emotionally. It wasn't until I wanted to be back, you know, with my second, my VBAC after two C-section that I realized he had some trauma and some things that he had been dealing with um, based off of things that he had said. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, like, so it's kind of interesting, but like I wasn't in that space because I was so focused on my baby that i couldn't even course. focus on myself or my husband
2: right yeah yeah it's you know as mothers we just we are, like us i mean it's instinctual you know of course we yes. have a baby that's you know we have to protect it and we have to do everything for it but then we also right. neglect like, ourselves and you know inadvertently everyone else around us and you know but it's it's good to acknowledge and even just a thank you to the partner like hey I'm so sorry, uh, you know, yeah. I'm just really tired or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, thank you for, for what you're doing and supporting yeah. our family, you know. <laughs> and coming up with
0: a, a plan, I think communication is really big and it's really hard for us to say, I'm not okay. Right. But it's okay to not be okay or feel okay, you know. And yes. there would be sometimes when I would just kind of be tearful, just just tearful like and i didn't even yeah. know why like right. he'd be like what are you what's wrong and i'm like i don't know i i don't yeah. know i don't have anything that i can say this or that or you know and um it got to the point where you have to communicate and say like i'm not okay or i need help today or you know what what can i do for you today i'm feeling really good you seem like you're stressed right what can I do for you today right and it's hard because like again we're not in that space where we're like we're already taking care of a baby we can't take care of another human but we (laughs) you know but they're taking care of the kids the other kids and the dinners and they're you know still trying to help and so sometimes just asking hey I'm doing good today I'm just doing a quick check-in how are you yeah if you're not okay how can I help you or hey I'm not doing well today is there any way I can get help with this or if they can't do it because they're tapped out, talk about that, come up with a plan. You yes, know, maybe it's lactation help, maybe it's going to a therapist, maybe it's having a cleaner come in and clean your house because looking at it is creating anxiety for everything that's going on, right? Because we don't want to do a dirty right. house with a new baby and all these things. And so communicating and really having that, that full openness is going to impact, I think, our postpartum and the way things are with our spouse and loved ones.
2: Yes, I totally agree. Communication is key. And, you know, I really believe that preparing for the postpartum period before we get there is key too. Yes. Like starting, you know, there's that, you know, well-known saying, you know, it takes a village. I, you know, I say like, try to start forming your village before you deliver, you know, mm-hmm. look up, you know, different mom groups. If you don't have family and of course, family and friends that are near you would be the best because, you know, we feel more comfortable asking. It's already hard for us to ask. for it help. Is. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it should hopefully be easier, you know, with family and friend, you know, close friends. So if you can establish that village quote unquote beforehand, before it gets really bad, <laughs> then you know you have those resources already or like i said if you don't have family and friends close by like for me i was in the military and i had my second baby while i was away from all my family you know try mm-hmm. to find resources in your county or your community um, mm-hmm. or even online like online mom groups or like the vback link you know s- support groups like that where you can mm-hmm. you know even just Vent, you know, type out, okay, this, I'm just, I'm so tired, I'm da da da, all, you know, whatever you're feeling. And then, you know, there's just so many supportive, you know, women and not only women, but, you know, supportive people out there that will are willing to be an ear or you know try to point you in the right direction or even point out things like hey that it sounds like maybe you need to reach out um, mm-hmm. to somebody you know please do and you know this kind of stuff so um absolutely yeah.
0: we've been talking yeah. about that a lot lately how you know we're doing so much to prep for the birth and you know during pregnancy and all these things but then we do forget about that postpartum and really during our prep for birth, we also need to be prepping for that postpartum period. And that well, sure. if that includes, yeah, finding your village, right? Like getting your help, getting your meal train organized, getting yes. like truly meal trains are amazing, right? Um, yes. Like if you want to breastfeed or if you are planning it, you know, whatever, like I even think if you're not planning on breastfeeding, it's good to talk to a lactation consultant, like, yeah. Getting in touch with um the lactation network beforehand. Um mm-hmm. understanding your resources, your groups, PSI, Postpartum Support International. Like they're a really yes. great resource as well. Like understanding being familiar with those pages, going looking at those professionals, understanding having a relationship. And so it doesn't come to it's five weeks postpartum and things you need help. And now it feels really overwhelming to find yes. that village.
2: Right. right. Right.
0: It's very overwhelming. So if we could just have our village in play things right. they're available, when, you know, we have them on our list. Oh, here's my lactation help. Oh, here's my postpartum help. Oh, here's my favorite group to just vent and and get it out. Because I know I'm going to be validated and feel love in this group or yes. whatever. It may be like, do it beforehand.
2: Do it yes. before. Yes, I mean, I wish I did that before, too, with my, uh, too. my, my older kids, because, you know, like you, we were saying earlier, we we're young, we didn't know, I was naive, you know, I mean, I was 20, and I'm just like, okay, what, um, I don't know what I'm just doing. have but... a
0: baby, that's what people do, they right. show up and have babies, and then they go off, and they know how to nurse, and they know how to, like, help, they understand what is going on with their body and how to recover and get those nutrients and fuel our brains. And no, yep. guess what? I didn't know any of that. You guys, I didn't, I didn't. either.
2: I did not either. <laughs> I wish
0: I did. I wish I yes. did. And that's why we're here talking to you today. Even right. if it's baby number two and you yes. can do that with your first, it's not too late to create your village beforehand.
2: Yes. totally so And postpartum.
0: And those are, those might be two different villages. Just FYI. True.
2: That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, speaking of postpartum, I think parents need to also keep in mind that things can change. You know, we have our birth plan. We're like, okay, we're going to breastfeed or we're just going to pump or whatever, however you choose to feed your, your baby. But, you know, unfortunately, so things can happen that, you know, unexpected things, complications or, you know, issues with milk supply, or baby not even wanting to take a bottle, like doing, yes. having a bottle refusal or breast strike. You know, so just being flexible and, like you said, knowing where um, you can turn to for help. Like, okay, I'm having this issue. I'm going to reach out to my lactation consultant, or I need some extra help with meals or cleaning. Like you said, like I, I'm now, now that I know everything that I know. I wish somebody would have told me, like, you know how we do our um our birth registry? Yes. We don't need a lot of those things that we put on there. What we We need is, like you said, meal trains, you know, someone that will take turns. Like, if you have family and friends, someone that will take turns, you know, maybe once a week to come in and maybe cook a meal for you or just help you clean up or even a postpartum doula, you know. Yes. uh, you know, money for that, you know, that would be great. You know, I mean, way back 100%. when we didn't have all these different equipment for the babies that we did just fine without it. <laughs> yep. So,
0: yep. Yeah. And that, you know, it, there's so many details to figure out. And so that if if you really think about it, it's why it makes so much sense to do it beforehand, because when we're tired, we're Sore, we're recovering, we're overwhelmed already. You guys, I don't know. This is my personality. If something is like, like during that, if I'm overwhelmed, I'll just kind of like ignore it. I'll be like, I'll just yeah. get to it later, but then it yeah. never happens. But then I suffer because I never did it.
2: Right. So, yeah. You know, Exactly. And
0: honestly, you guys, if it's overwhelming and you know, say, say you're right now, as you're listening, you're three months post-op Or post i keep saying post-op postpartum (laughs) and you know you're needing you're like oh gosh yep everything these guys are saying i need help delegate that's okay tell someone tell your mom your friend hey i need help this is where i'm at is there any way you can help me find these resources right yeah and in the show notes below we are gonna have some resources for you we'll have We'll have the mama coach. We'll have um, the lactation network. We're going to have PSI. We're going to have these things that, you know, we'll, we're going to make it easy for you right here too. But it's okay yeah. to delegate and say, hey, I am not in a space that I can find this, you know, wish you could have, should have, would have type thing, right? Like can't right. go back and dwell on it. Let's get help now. Delegate that someone to find you or even send on this resource and say, can you reach out to these links?
2: I need yeah. help. Yeah, because that's a lot of time too. just going through all these different yes. resources and, you know, and either contacting them or even navigating their websites to find the specific information you need takes a lot of time. And next thing you know, it's like an Thanks. hour goes by and you're like, oh, my gosh, I could have took a nap. Now the baby's up. Could've- and <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah. So send them this podcast and there will be all the links in the show notes for things like what we're talking about, including nutrients and, you know, all of the amazing things that your body needs and resources so we can hopefully try to make it easier for you
2: yes for sure yes and um as a a mama coach and we have mama coaches all around the us even all around the world and Mm -hmm. uh most of us do provide postpartum hourly care similar to like a postpartum doula, you know, and we can do even virtually, you know, virtual postpartum care. You need help with, you know, how to bathe your newborn or just, you know, help around the house or, you know, you need someone to watch your baby while you take a nap. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, the mom coach has a lot of services as well. And like you said, it'll be, you know, in the show notes, but definitely reach out. And if, if, you know, if I can't help you, I can definitely, you know, point you in the right direction or connect you with another mama coach or resource, whatever that can hopefully help support you.
0: Yeah. Do you know what
2: I wish I had you for? What's Helping
0: that? me know how to return to work.
2: Ah, yes, that that's was a big one.
0: It a really daunting task. And I, I remember just like, trying to look online like how to figure it out what a good schedule is if i wanted to pump what a good schedule for pumping was based off of my specific work schedule and things like that um and i know you guys can help with that um anything like just a few tips that you would give our listeners if they are planning on returning to work
2: yes so i always say try to start planning for your return to work at least a month before you you know plan to return Mm -hmm. to work and if you are breastfeeding, say you postpartum and going along, you're exclusively breastfeeding and now you're going back to work. If you're going to be bottle feeding, don't wait till the last minute to introduce a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Because there has been a lot of babies who have refused the bottle and they just want the breast. So for sure, I mean, you don't have to give them a bottle every time, but I always say at least once a week or so starting off you know a month before prior to going back to work start to introduce it if you haven't already and yes get definitely need a plan because there's Mm -hmm. that separation anxiety too you've just been home with your baby for who knows six weeks eight weeks three months six months you've been home and taking care of that baby now you have to pass them him or her off to you know either a daycare provider or a family member or you know your husband which you know I mean, the husbands do a lot of stuff, but you know, of course, as a mother, we just are that nurturing type and it's like, okay, are you going to take care of the baby as well as I do?
0: Yeah. (laughs) you know, I wanted to micromanage my husband. I was like, I I know you're going to do it great. Like, but I I kind of was that way with everyone. I'm like, I know you're going to do a really good job, but like, you're not me. And
2: Exactly. It's, it's just so different. It's, it's definitely hard. So there's that separation anxiety. Um, so prepare mentally too. just, you know, okay, you know, whoever, like you said, an open communication with whoever is going to be the caregiver for while you're away from work, mm-hmm. whether it's your partner, a family member, a friend, daycare provider, you know, be open with them. Hey, I am breastfeeding and bottle feeding, you know, paste bottle feed. Can we talk about that? Do you do that? If you don't know how to do it, you know, I can send you a video on how to do it. You know, if they're starting solids, what kind of foods, you know, if if there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different things. So you definitely need to come up with a plan. I think that's the biggest thing is coming up with a plan and being flexible because you just, you just never know what your baby's going to want (laughs) to take. You know, and sometimes, I know, I've heard of babies not even eating while they're away from their mom and then they're nursing like all throughout the night. And then now moms are tired and they have to go to work tired. And, you yeah, know, it's, it's just it is a lot. So, I mean, the, I think a few tips I have is, um, you know, get prepared at least a month in advance and open mm-hmm. communication with whoever the caregiver is going to be and yes. reach out for help
0: <laughs> and reach out for help absolutely women of strength it's okay to reach out for help it's okay to feel you know like you need help like we don't want you to have to feel like you need help like we want right. you to hopefully be prepared and feel confident along the way but it's more likely to need help than it is to not need help and so know that if you do need help you're not alone there's a ton of amazing resources that just want to do nothing but help
2: you yes definitely
0: awesome well thank you so much we'll definitely have to have you on again i know that we have just brushed the
2: surface yes that's true yeah no i would love to be on here again thank you for having me and i love this platform you guys give a a a great amount of information and resources and things like that so thank you for having this platform yes thank you
1: Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, the worldwide database for VBAC doulas, and more, head over to the VBAClink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAClink.